Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Hey everyone and welcome to Real Life Real Crime Daily for January 11th, 2023. I'm Jim Chapman. I'm Woody Overton. And I'm Mike Agavino. Welcome to episode number three. Let's start today off uh, revisiting a couple of stories we've uh, talked about earlier this week. First, the story that's still gripping the nation, uh, the Idaho murders. What's the latest going on with the Idaho murder investigation, guys? Yeah, well, uh, we covered this story in detail just last episode, and we've already had some updates coming your way. Uh, Woody, it appears that they have done some more cellular phone location uh, responses to this. I wish I'd have had that shit back in my day. As a <laughs> yeah, huh? It, it is something definitely that, that nowadays makes it a lot easier for law enforcement investigators to uh, woo, just build a case, build a case. Right. Um, and what essentially happened in this case was the phone number that was provided by Koberger. Apparently this was his personal cell phone went back to the scene at approximately 9.32 a.m. And y- y'all, that's the same cell phone we told you about that they used to track uh, his routes and that they used to prove that he was there at the murder scene 12 times ahead of time. And they continued to dig into it evidently and found out, which I know happens on uh, a lot of the cases I've had, murder cases I've had, where the perpetrator goes back to the scene of the crime. And to me, this dictates two schools of thought in my head. Number one, it's possible that Koberger could have been curious as to whether those bodies had been discovered yet. He, I'm sure when he left that scene after that horrible uh, murder of four people, on his mind was, man, the country's going to freak. The city's going to freak whenever they find these people dead inside this house. And it's going to be on the news. So he, I'm sure he did not go to sleep. He's actively watching the news, waiting for this breaking headline. And when 7 o'clock passed and 8 o'clock passed, he's like, huh, there, nobody's saying anything. There's nothing out there. There's no news. I'm going to drive by and see if they've even been been discovered yet if there's crime scene tape out whatever yeah the uh that's part of the being the psychopath also going back and um a lot of times they try to interject themselves into the investigation but the like on Courtney Coco's case uh, my suspect number 2 admitted to going back to the crime scene or the body dump site twice that night and once after the body was found so I, I think it's certainly the dude's not sleeping. He's jacked up. I mean, whether he got off on it mentally, sexually, whatever, uh, on thoughts of the crimes, and he's wondering what's going on, or he wants to sit back and smile and laugh and th- say, hey, motherfuckers, you're never going to catch me. Right? Yeah, 
And I think it speaks to his arrogance as well. Right. Just what an arrogant son of a bitch to go back to the scene. Right. You know, I'm, I'm going to touch on something that just popped in my head, and uh, I read it, some things on it, and uh, one of our listeners at least thought we were trying to say something negative about the female who saw him in the residence and why it took so long for the case to get reported, and that's not true. I mean, everybody's different. She, it was fight, flight, or freeze. She froze, and it saved her life. I believe that. We didn't say anything negative about her, however long it took to get reported and they uh and the call actually came in what i read last night the call call actually came in as uh for now one to come because there were some unresponsive bodies it still didn't say murder that and so y'all no one can put themselves in, in that young lady's shoes or why it took so long to actually cook you know, call it in like that. And they responded to unresponsive bodies and it turned out it was four homicides. So we throw that out there. The thoughts and prayers are to that girl. I'm sure she'll be scarred forever. And, and you know, hindsight's twenty twenty and all that. Absolutely. But him going back, uh, I absolutely believe part of it has to be that holy, I just did the, the worst murders in probably, you know, modern history and there's nothing. Yeah. So he wants to see what's going on. I think this story is a lot of bad news for criminals because if you're a PhD or you're studying for your PhD in criminology and you F your crime up right. this bad, what does it say for all the stupid guys that commit crime? I mean, they, they got no chance now. <laughs> but you know what? The, I don't think that he thought he effed it up. Uh, uh, he's certainly at some point realized. He doesn't have his sheath, right? And and I get that. Hindsight's twenty twenty, but there is no such thing as a perfect crime. Even you can be as psychopath and narcissistic as this guy and think you've gotten away with the perfect crime. Then when, after your adrenaline stops running, you're like, uh-oh. He may have gone back just to see if he dropped the sheath in the parking lot. Yeah, when I went back there. Good point. So, uh, but – he certainly got away with it for a month and a half, or he thought he did. Right. Well, from one senseless crime to another, uh, we talked about uh, two episodes ago this just really sad story about an Addis police officer uh, here in, in Louisiana uh, in a police chase uh, who ends up killing two beautiful uh, teenage girls from a town called Bruley. And a lot has come out about... Uh, that investigation in the last couple of days, uh, including uh, some video footage that's uh, that's tough to watch. Uh, Woody, what's your what's your take on where we are? It's really interesting. When we recorded that episode that day, that, that video actually came out that night. Um, Channel Two WBRZ um, obtained the footage of the actual crash site, uh, the intersection, and um, they said. That they made the decision to not actually release the impact of the crash, but they went up right to that point and they estimated he was going over 80 something miles an hour when he hit that intersection. And, he, and when he hit these and killed these young ladies and injured uh, the brother, uh, he never checked his brakes, never touched his brakes. He was going 86, At 86 miles an hour. Never touched his brakes, and it was some second. I mean, but in the grand scheme of things, it was an eternity between the bad guy, uh, when the bad guy went through, and then he comes through and, and kills these people. The more I dig into this case, quite honestly, the more pissed off I get uh, about it. Initially, when I heard about this happening, it was a tragedy. It was horrible, but, uh, you know, I— look at these police officers and I hold them to a high regard. And so I held out a lot of judgment until I had all the facts. I think with this video, a lot of those facts have came out. This light was green for 30 seconds before this officer blew through that light. So it wasn't a situation where the light was red and then it turned green right when he started going or anything like that. This guy was going. He knew the light was green, but he, uh, he had no intention of stopping. No intention. 
no intention. And uh, it wasn't like the girls ran a light right. or anything like that, or it just turned green when they got up to the intersection. 30 seconds, it was green. He had a red light for 30 seconds and never even hit the brakes. Yeah. Well, that's horrible. The, a couple things on it, y'all. I, I thought about this after we recorded also. The absolutely, they would still be alive if even in Baton Rouge, they had 1022 or they had stopped the pursuit. Guess why? God doesn't need to run if you're not behind him with your license irons on. Correct. I mean, he had just gone wherever he was going to go. He had eight other police police cars behind him. Yeah, right. But, but and uh, that's right. And, and, and that's common in any pursuit. But the other thing is when you – and you're in a pursuit just because, and I said this before, you have your lights and sirens on, what's called rolling code, y'all. You're rolling code. You have a responsibility when you come to any intersection that, to slow down and make sure it, that you're doing it safely. And he just absolutely didn't do it. Now, Tony, DA Tony Clayton evidently now has uh, the Addis officer's dash cam and the problem for the Addis officer is when you turn on your lights and sirens the dash cam kicks on automatically but more importantly your body mic kicks on so the I think Tony said it on the news in so many words without saying it he said I know this guy was running on adrenaline and when it comes back and I'm, and I'm able to play everything that, that he had tunnel vision and he had total disregard, and when you hear everything, when I present everything to the jury, it, it's going to be so bad that even the goldfish are going to stop swimming. That's right. So they're going to come back, and he's he's going to be ever saying, look, I guarantee you the pursuits I've been in, and the one I talked about, um, the 59-minute pursuit I was in that, that, that time with the rolling meth lab, that guy was only going like 15 miles an hour. He wasn't trying to evade me. He was just wasn't stopping while he was getting rid of the meth lab. The, uh, the thing is – I'm, my microphone had I had the camera in the car at the time. I'm sure I might have said a few curse words or I'm going to get to your ass or whatever. I, you know, this difference is this guy, I bet when the audio comes out, what he was saying, I can only imagine because it pissed Tony off so bad. And he's like, it's so bad when everybody hears it, mm-hmm. the goldfish are going to stop swimming. Yeah, less uh, Clayton's exact uh, quote here is he got caught up in his adrenaline. That adrenaline caused him to have tunnel vision. The tunnel vision ultimately resulted in the children losing their lives. The bright line rule from this is that blue lights don't give you the power to part the Red Sea. Yeah, that's powerful, powerful words. And real quick on tunnel vision. Y'all, and I would agree with that. I, I agree too. Real quick on tunnel vision. Tunnel vision is when you get called up in a situation. Let's say um, somebody pulls a pistol on me. The the only thing I see, it, it could be a twenty two pistol, and when I'm looking at that barrel, it looks like a howitzer and because it, it's in your face, and that's tunnel vision. You're focused only on that threat or whatever it may be. This guy is, is focused on being in this pursuit. His adrenaline's pumping, and he just loses sight. He has tunnel vision on the bad guy only. He doesn't. He's not even comprehending that he's going to kill anybody or do whatever. No. Uh, but he's also not. He's not. He's forgetting about his training or what it should be when you come to intersections, things like that. You have a a, a responsibility to slow down and make sure you're not going to hurt anybody else. Right. And look, this this police officer. We neither one of us know him. Uh, I don't think he intentionally killed anybody, but his actions did. And he may feel as horrible as anybody else right now at this point in time. That being said, he holds a responsibility and he has to be held accountable. Right. No different than if you and I are sitting in the room today and I'm I'm cleaning my weapon and I squeeze the trigger and I kill you. Right. Yeah. I'm going to feel horrible about it. But guess what? I'm still negligent. Yeah. And and he's definitely negligent. I hate I guarantee he feels horrible. His whole life is destroyed. But guess what? He did it. He killed these beautiful young ladies and, and, and critically injured the brother. 
because he was negligent. Moving right along, today's lead story, an unbelievable story, but one that hasn't gotten that much coverage uh, across the country. So I think you may be hearing this for the first time. A six-year-old, a first-grade six-year-old in Norfolk, Virginia, walked into school with a pistol and shot his teacher earlier this week. And... The average six-year-old weighs about 45 pounds. What does what the average pistol weigh? Yeah, two and a half, three pounds, easy. I, a small one. I don't know how he kept his uh, his pants up walking. I mean, this is an unbelievable uh, uh, story. I, I looked in the, the youngest convicted uh, murder I could find on uh, on, on record was a was – a, well, and I – the teacher did not die, so this is not a murder, but uh, but was 13. Shout out to Astro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. My allergies are throwing my whole morning off. Do I sound different to you? I love that. You sound like, <laughs> it's that time of year, though, bro. I sound different to me. I feel like I'm in a submarine. Yeah, well, have you tried Astro? It's faster, bro. Oh. Right? Astro is the first of its kind nasal allergy spray. It is the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes while other allergy sprays take hours. Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. Astapro delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. Hey, I use this. And you should too, Jim. Last weekend, I planted my garden, and it's that time of the year, and my allergies really kicked up with it, right? I use Astro every time my nasal allergies flare up, and I'm always amazed at how fast I'm back in the game, down on those roads, playing my stuff. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to AstaproAllergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O Allergy.com. It's faster, bro. Uses directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Astapro and go. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. years old. I'm six yeah. years old. They won't even charge them. And say Louisiana, they won't charge you with a crime if you're under 11. They, they'll do special circumstances, et cetera. But the, uh, the, go ahead. No, go ahead. The, the, the issue for me with this is on many levels. All right. We don't know if he had it in his waistband or his backpack or whatever, but we don't know if he rode the bus to school or if his parents dropped him off. But how in the hell does a six-year-old get possession of a firearm and then have the mental intent to go to school and shoot a teacher? It wasn't an accidental shooting. They said right. they shot her on purpose. Right, and I think that's key to this story is that it was not an accidental shooting. This was not a situation uh, where a six-year-old went to school with a gun and he pulled it out to show his friend and the gun went off. Not only... Is it a major issue that the six-year-old had a gun to start with, but that he had the mental capacity to deal with his issue by shooting the teacher? It is unlike anything I've ever seen. I don't ever recall a time. I've seen 
accidental shootings with young people of that age where they've got their daddy's gun out of a nightstand and pulled it out and it went off and they shot their sister or something, all tragic. But I've never seen, at least, and I'm sure they exist, but I've never seen a situation where this happened during an altercation and the student actually pulls out a gun and shoots the teacher. What a tragedy. But my question would be, uh, number one, you obviously hold the parents responsible for this uh incident a six-year-old number one can't go in a store and buy a gun you have to you have to be able to get it now i would be curious to see what if the parents have issued a statement as of yet on this or anything of that nature you better believe the parents are getting charged uh with something and i hate i absolutely hate the story i hate it for the six-year-old hate it for the teacher but i also hate what's you know what's going to come out of left field about gun control and everything else yeah. and, and all that bu- bullshit that's coming. Let me tell you something. My house is full of firearms always has been. And I can guarantee you, I train my kids at that age and older. Every firearm is loaded. Don't ever point it at something you don't intend to kill. And you don't need a safety. Your safety is your finger, right? The weapon will not fire if you don't pull the trigger. But the so these parents, I don't get it. Uh, um, I mean, I, I I raised mine the way I raised them, and I'll raise my grandkids the same way or whatever. That I don't understand how a six year old I. I my kids going to school, if my wife didn't hug them or do whatever, pack their lunch and pack their backpack, how in the hell does a kid get a firearm, a six-year-old get a firearm from your shit and go kill someone? Now, I, I, I understand people say put the locks on the guns and all that. In some states, they have laws about that shit, and I get that. Mine, I, I, I did mine through education on my kids. I don't know how the kid gets from their home taking a weapon, a firearm, to school and to the point of I'm killing my teacher. And we do want to mention uh, because we're assuming he got this at home. Oh, yeah, I mean, could have got it from another right, student. Right. Could have got it uh, uh, from his home, or it could have been something that an older brother yeah, had. Right, that right. I, I mean, there's there's a lot not to this article. Right. Uh, specific to where the gun came from they are investigating that now but if you assume he got this from home it is a major problem yeah you know what i shouldn't assume that but i'm also not ignorant enough to think he he went on the corner and popped out 400 bucks and got a pistol uh, (laughs) uh, after he got off the school bus or his parents dropped him off at the curb at, at the elementary school well and and one of the first questions the police chief uh, answered or one of the first statements the police chief made was I want to know where the firearm came from. Yeah. Well, we all want to know that. Right. Uh, that was made by Chief Drew of the I, Newport I don't News what kind Police of world Department. We're living in when a six year old shoots their teacher. And my wife was a teacher, uh, a fifth grade teacher, retired now. I don't understand. I have a I could understand maybe a little bit better if the kid was older uh, um, or a teenager or something. Shit. You can't even blame this on video games or whatever this time. I mean, I know we're desensitized to, to murder and, and all that stuff. Uh, um, it's the movies and everything now are like they were when I was a kid. But I don't understand. I cannot get my head around this one. Well, and it's, it starts with something that's pretty hard to understand, which is – as a six-year-old get into an altercation right. with a teacher? You're six. Right. Yeah. Well, well, they, well let's, let's talk about that. Took, alter- her, took his crayons away. The, the altercation being that they, evidently the six-year-old had a beef with his teacher, and he he gets a gun from wherever and comes to – isn't it wasn't like – he just had the altercation that that minute, and he ran out and bought a gun and came back and shot her. It, I think that it had to happen at least the day before or several days before, and he shows up and shoots her. Now, Superintendent uh, George Parker, not surprising to me, came out and called for better gun safety measures. Yeah, I mean, so, what? Let me ask you, Woody. Woody, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, 
is gun safety part of the problem in this well, case? The, I would say absolutely yes, but not for the reasons this guy's saying it. And, and I believe that uh, training in harping it like I did in my kids, you know, every weapon. Yeah, you know, I used to say uh, it's always the unloaded weapons that kill on these accidental shootings and stuff. Right? Oh, I didn't know it was loaded. I thought it wasn't loaded. But the train them, train them up, train them young or whatever. But you know what? A lot keeps an honest man honest. And if you take away the guns, look in China and everywhere else, they, you know, they'll kill you with a knife if they won't really want to kill you. I mean, this kid, if he couldn't have got, he had the red ass about so much at six years old that he was going to kill his teacher. If he couldn't have got a firearm, he might have tried to stab her. I mean, yeah, and and certainly gun safety measures from the aspect of if you own firearms, you keep them locked up or you keep them, uh, you know, tr- put trigger guards on them or whatever. It would certainly help keep a six year old from grabbing it and taking it to school if that's indeed what happened. But you know, you mentioned something earlier in this conversation, and that was. Uh, the education of guns and I'll give you a situation of how I grew up and how I, I, you know, I also have guns and I've pulled those guns out and showed them to my kids and said, Hey, look, this is a gun. If you're ever curious and you want to see this gun, tell me and I'll pull it out and I'll show it to you and I'll explain to you how it works and all those sort of things, but don't ever, Go looking for this gun when I'm not home, yeah. and uh, I, I have them had the, have them locked up except for at night when I'm asleep, and and then they're in an undisclosed location. But um, I think education is very important to our children. I think some people hesitate to pull a gun out and discuss what it is with their kids, even when they own them. Because it's kind of a taboo thing to do. They're worried the kid's going to then see the gun and go want to operate it. I think it's the other way around. Different views, opposing views. I was raised on guns. Uh, My dad never locked the firearms up. But let me go back. I say I I taught my kids about them, and, 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 you know, every gun's loaded or every weapon's loaded. Don't point and shoot. My kids, when they were kids, I had them. And you better believe, even my youngest son, it was just a couple months ago, I had my buddy from BRPD, who's a firearm instructor, used to be my SWAT team commander, take him around the building and teach him how to use the pistol and fire it. And guess what? The firing is a big part because it makes it for real for you when you stand there crying, you shake him because you're thinking this thing's going to go off. And I remember the first time I ever fired a shotgun, I was probably – Seven, eight years old, my daddy went through the safety part with it and a shot a stump, and I fell down, and I cried like a little bitch, right? <laughs> but you know what? It gave me a respect for firearms. And and I'm going to tell you, I'm the, I'm, I'm, I'm the one on the other. I'm going to know catch some shit about this. I have closets full of weapons on top of my uh, gun racks that are freestanding and open, and none of my shit's locked in. Every one of them's loaded. But my kids are now all grown except for one. No, and my wife knows, and everybody that comes over, I said, don't touch them. And six-year-old, I don't get it. So, Yeah, well, uh, you know, obviously they— Shit's going to happen, but this shouldn't happen. Well, here on uh, Real Life Real Crime Daily, we are occasionally going to celebrate some bad guy birthdays. And today's very first Real Life Real Crime bad guy birthday— belongs to Lyle Menendez. That name is probably familiar to many of you. Lyle and his brother were convicted of killing their parents, Jose and Kitty Menendez in Beverly Hills, California. Hey, executing their parents. Back in 1989, <laughs> uh, the, the crimes, 89, the convictions in, uh, in 1990. Uh, I know a little bit about this case. Actually, I know more than a little bit about this case because I almost did a podcast series uh, on it and got to know a a writer in Los Angeles by the name of Robert Rand who had done extensive work on this case. uh, And his work really focused on something that that ultimately was not believed during the trial and the jury did not uh, give credence to the 
the presentation of the limited amount of evidence that, that was delivered at trial in this regard. But uh, Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Uh, there's, there's absolutely uh, evidence today that both of the children, both of the boys, had been abused by their father, Jose, who was a record executive who uh, brought the band Menudo. This is how he, uh, he made most of his money, how he became rich was uh, bringing the band Menudo from Puerto Rico to the United States and, uh, and signing them to his record label and uh, uh, conducting a very, very profitable tour. Uh, and I have it uh, uh, clear evidence of his abuse of Menudo members as well as both of the boys. So would he, should that have mattered in, a, in that case? Yeah, this is... This was when I was coming up. This one, like CNN and all that, first started having twenty-four hour news coverage and and all that. So I followed this, and I, I think I even read a book on this at one time. Now, the Mike, where I disagree with you is, uh, I I don't. Okay, no doubt in my mind, the kids had been abused. All right. And that was their defense in the trial, okay, that they had been abused and they were th thought they were going to get killed eventually, et cetera. And you can't say that the jury members didn't believe that they were abused. There's, they, there's no poll of that. I, if I was on the jury, I would have believed they had been abused. The problem is they executed their parents. There, there are millions, probably, not, I hate to say it, millions, hundreds of thousands of kids getting raped every day who don't choose to execute their parents. And I'm talking about it, and you correct me if I'm wrong, they blew the mama's head off while she's sitting on the couch eating popcorn. And But here's the deal, y'all. He's, like Mike said, cat's super rich. They, this, they, they it, immediately after the murders, they lied, they tried to cover it up. They went on spending sprees, buying Rolexes and Porsches and shit like that. And so if I was on the jury in, you know, I, even if I believe you've been abused, you could have done so many different things besides lie afterwards. Hey, you could have killed him and called a cop and said, he's been abused me. I was in fear for my life. They would have never got life in prison. Uh, they, Execute their parents, abused or not. A lot of people get abused and don't kill their their abusers or uh, their parents, certainly, and then don't go and spend this free. I understand the spend, spend this free could be the big FU to the parents or whatever. Doesn't matter. They lied about it, they covered it up, and I personally believe they were abused, but I also think they were. They, they planned in their guilty as fuck. Pardon my friends. Guilty AF. Now, this goes back to 1989. So this predates Catholic Church, yep. a lot of other uh, uh, famous cases now that have shaped the way we all come to view child abuse. I think they would say that at that point in time, they didn't think anybody would believe them. They, uh, didn't, okay. they didn't think they had any recourse but to take the action. Well, well guess what? The... Um, they executed their parents, whether they thought anybody would believe them or not. They killed them. It's against the law. They're found guilty by a jury of their peers. And certainly there are people today who are being raped, have been raped, and they don't execute the killers. They can go in and, and 
whether people believe them or not. We, you get, in 89, they're not saying you can't say that the jury didn't believe that they weren't abused. You can definitely say the jury believed they execute their parents. And, and I, I don't think there would have been any difference if it was a jury today, the Catholic church and everybody else, it was their actions or lack of actions, their actions in the murders, the executions, and then what they did afterwards, the line about it that got them their sentences. This played out in Beverly Hills. Doesn't matter. It could be. It could be on. There's a road. Used to be a Rodeo Drive here in Denver Springs, and it's there's still one. Now, well, no, it's changed to Martin Luther King Drive now. But I'm saying it could be over. It could be in the poorest neighborhood, the richest neighborhood. These cats did some bad shit, and their actions afterwards. They they certainly weren't showing any remorse afterwards until they got caught. And then the, their abuse story comes out. I still, I'm telling you, I believe they were abused. No doubt about it. A lot of people have been abused. They don't execute the people. Or if they shoot it, the, the kid in Baton Rouge, I shot my dad, the documentary, right? He killed his dad and it was kind of same circumstances, whatever. But he didn't go out and buy Porsches and shit. And the, the people, I, I think, the financial end of it has a huge part. Uh, the upbringing, you know, one of them going to Princeton, the other one being a star tennis player and all that. They, the Maybe even being abused, the jury members can look at it and say that the parents might have abused them. They might have been shitty parents, but they executed them. Blew mom's head off while she's sitting on the couch. I think she was eating popcorn. Blew her head off from behind. Okay, sneak attack. She wasn't abusing them right then, but even the abuse is is valid, which I believe it is. It doesn't give you a right, no matter what economic class you come from, to kill. They 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 should have reported it. If they were in fear for their lives, they could have reported it, and it would have been acted upon. Let me Whether talk. Let me talk. Not, go ahead. Okay, here's the issue. If they were getting abused. I probably would have killed them too. I probably killed the parents too. But here is where they fucked up. It wasn't the action of the, if, if they would have killed them and then called the police and said, I just killed my mom and dad. I was getting molested for years. Told them the whole story. That is true. I believe that they, they went through horrible stuff with this molestation. Had they done that, I believe that many moons ago, uh, they would have been released from prison. If they got convicted at all. If they got convicted at all. The issue, that's not the issue. Everybody gets locked into that issue. Well, they were getting molested. That's not why they went to prison. Why they went to prison was because after they got molested, after they executed their parents, which I have no problem with, I probably would have done the same thing. But after they did all that, they started buying Rolex watches. They were living the high life. They were partying like rock stars. They were lying left and right. And basically, it made it look like they killed them for the money. There is a valid deal there with them getting molested. But let me tell you, if you got a jury sitting there, I'm like Woody. If I'm on that jury... One part of me, my heart is going out to them for all this horrible stuff that their dad was doing. Uh, and then the other part is like, why didn't you report it after the fact? Even if you would have killed them and then reported it? It still wouldn't have been. Yeah, because right now it looks like you're living the high life, having a great time. Oh, I guess what? They were living the high life. Yeah, so I think they're in prison not because of what they did necessarily, but because of how they responded after and, and I, I think that most of the jury, in my opinion, probably believed they were getting molested, right. but did not believe, you know, when you're getting molested and there's so much pain there that you have to kill your parents, uh, partying afterwards takes away from that. It makes it look like you had a whole nother agenda. I'm not saying they did, but I'm saying that's the perception and those jury, those that jury got that perception, and it's sad because they've been in jail over thirty years now, 
for a situation that honestly, if they would have just handled it the right way, just they would have been released a long time ago. What if they reported and didn't execute their parents? Even in, I know he's a powerful guy, and it would, but it still would have had to have been investigated. I, I don't that, cry for for anybody. You know, my I, personally, I, I don't have any. Uh, if you're molesting somebody, in my opinion, you probably need to be executed. Yeah. I agree. So I don't. I don't have a sad feeling on that end. Uh, I just feel like maybe after they did it, they should have reported it, not lied about it, and certainly not partied like rock stars. Right? Does thirty plus years as model prisoners, Lyle uh, reportedly has done all kinds of great work from prison, uh, helping uh, uh, many inmates, and and I mean any anything for their good behavior nope. that gets recognized. Nope. They'll yeah. they'll never get out. You know. You know they what? Never get out. It's old saying. You can either do your time or let your time do you. He is a smart dude. He's making the best of his life sentence. And if you're helping other inmates, uh, the inmate lawyers and shit, that's that's like the best job you can have. You know why? Because nobody's going to uh, rape you in the shower or make you their bitch if you can possibly help them get off on appeals. So he's doing his time. He's a high-profile inmate. He's doing all this wonderful shit inside. But guess what? I submit to you, he could have done the same thing on the outside with, with the with his education and everything else. He could, he could have been a force for good in the world. His parents, if they're guilty of raping him, fuck them. I, I don't care about them uh, or, or them being executed. Again, the their actions afterwards, the covering up the line and the, if there's anybody that didn't believe it on the jury, it's because they didn't come out and say it until after the fact. Right. Two years ago, it might've been three years ago, Dick Wolf did a, uh, a special law and order mini series that I thought was the best in terms of just balanced look at the case. So if anybody's really interested in it, you might want to check out that law and order series uh, about the Menendez brothers and uh, happy birthday, Lyle. Yeah. <laughs> Happy birthday, Lyle! Blow out your candles. <laughs> hey, by the way, Lyle's parents—it may have been pieces of shits, but they'll never have another birthday. No, and we're, we're not saying they are because we don't have any direct knowledge. But I believe um, I'll watch all the trial footage, and back then they aired it all live on TV. I totally believe they were—they were molested. I also believe they fucked it up. I think the three of us are loyal Dollar General. Uh, customers and uh, I know took, my wife is. <laughs> all, all took note of this Dollar story. Oh, it rides day. me all the time. Real quick, I'm going to interrupt you. On the Dollar General store, I'll go up to the Hun place by myself, right? And I'll go in. And I'll buy the cheapest, you know, stuff for me. Like man, this man time. I'm getting Vienna sausages, and <laughs> crackers, and, and whatever the cheapest everything. And she's like, "Why would you spend?" 10 cents less on this dollar general brand. And then something that I know you would like to have. I'm like, I'm a bachelor, but yeah, they get dollar general stores. Now they got the cold sections. They sell beer. They do everything. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're awesome. And, uh, uh, Rafus Anderson was working as a store clerk in a dollar general in Monroe. Uh, when a suspect entered with a weapon, Anderson, fired a shot, struck the suspect, and the suspect and a customer uh, fled out the store. Anderson did not realize, he says at the time, that he had hit the, uh, the robber, but he had. Officers found the robber lying in, a, uh, in the money he had just robbed uh, from the store just north of the scene, and that suspect died later from his injuries at a local hospital. Is this a good shoot? Well, uh, that's not the problem, but finish the story. Wait, well, I don't know that I want him to finish it because I I got some things I'm going to lead into on that. Uh, The first thing I would say on this situation from someone that has worked in a retail environment for almost 30 years before I started doing this, uh, you don't ever try to stop someone from robbing your store as an employee. And the reason for that is from a management standpoint, nothing is worth your life. And this gentleman, although I'm not blaming him from an aspect of 
you know, all of us can look at this situation and say, well, we might have shot two. Somebody's robbing you. Um, I guarantee you the owner of that Dollar General franchise is pissed that that guy tried to stop that. Um, that being said, no, I do not think it was a good shoot because of that rule right there. You don't, if you have a retail establishment, someone comes in and tries to rob you, you give them whatever they want, let them leave and let the police handle it. I used to train after I retired, say police, uh, got a contract with a um, major jury stores all over the United States. I go in and train them what to do in armed robberies, right? And which is don't hit the hit an alarm because if I'm robbing you, I'm going to have my getaway driver monitoring police band radios. And if you hit that, it's coming in as a 62A silent activated at the jury store. And I'm a radio my guy that's inside and I might kill everybody because dead people can't take the stand. Back to it, Sergeant Vicky Wax. Um, like a 30-year veteran of Baton Rouge City Police Department, working extra duty at Walmart, tried to stop a guy from stealing a $10 DVD, and he took her weapon and killed her because he was a two-time loser, and he knew he was on parole. He knew he was going back to prison for life. Um, that being said, I'm pretty sure Dollar General Store then paid the kind of money for people to go out and train them boys up like this jury company was paying me. Um, he comes in, pulls a weapon, and here's the problem. A customer also got shot. Yeah, yeah, right. That was an innocent person in that incident. And that's another reason, uh, as a retail establishment, you don't want employees armed with guns right. because they're not, maybe not trained very properly to use that gun. Then you got bullets flying in a store and an innocent bystander gets shot. In this case, that's exactly what happened. Now, what makes this case even more interesting is after he had shot the uh, potential robber of the store and a uh, customer, this gentleman, basically, they ran out of the store, but the customer and the robber, and this gentleman worked the rest of his shift, and then he locked up and went home. He didn't even report it. Yeah, that's uh, uh, when so eventually he did report the shooting the next day, which they had already found the body of of the robber who ran out of the store. He was dead. Late. Fortunately, the the customer ha- was treated for injuries and released from the hospital, but he was charged with manslaughter, right? Uh, and was released on bail just yesterday yeah thing is if the maybe if he comes I mean, first of all it's a dollar general store right how much money is going to get although he was found deceased laying in the money that he took from the dollar general store but maybe if he came in and was popping off rounds in the room pow, 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 this is a, this is a you know stick up something like that if i had a pistol behind the counter i probably would have shot him is you know they say it's better to be tried by 12 than carried by six. Uh, um, but that obviously didn't happen in this case. And the fact that this dude shot this weapon at least one time, probably two, uh, uh, and just locks up the stores and go, goes home. What, and, <laughs> what and, is this a daily occurrence for you, homie? I mean, all, like, all in a day's work, right? right? All in a day's work for your minimum wage. Uh, I mean, not, not knocking DG because I love him. Um, but geez, I, I hope there's nobody behind a counter when I'm in a store uh, uh, that has a firearm. That's right, and and it's worth noting that this was the fourth robbery of this location, and as well as two attempted robberies prior to that time. So this is probably an employee that just was fed up and had enough, oh, and he's starting to pack on the way to work. But you just can't do that because of exactly what happened, and that is a customer that was innocent and that right. entire situation got shot right. that could have been a baby right. that could have been a child yeah. of some sort but hell if he shoots me on accident right. i'm gonna be pissed right so hey, it's not like he, he's a swat team sniper right uh, uh no he uh, turned expert, that thing sideways yeah, expert and- he's just, he's he's pulling and <laughs> blasting and maybe watch too, a few too many movies i can't say what i would have done i can tell you if i'm anywhere and somebody pulls mm, 
if I'm somewhere and somebody pulls a weapon and they point it at me, they're going to spring a leak. Okay. He's going to shoot me or I'm going to shoot them. And, uh, but if they're just like waving it in the air and shit like that, or I'm, I'm going to hear to train and hopefully they get out the door. Right. If they start shooting people, I'm going to kill them. But along the lines of springing a leak, uh, a man was robbing a taqueria in the Houston, Texas area. Everybody and loves tacos. Yeah, everybody does love tacos, and lots of people. Latin The little store was packed with taco lovers. The problem was, a guy walked in brandishing a weapon, asking people for their wallets and uh, uh, jewelry, watches, etc. Collected up uh, the various items from uh, from the people in the taqueria and walked by a gentleman that happened to take exception to everything that was going on, reached into uh, uh, the back of his pants, pulled out a weapon without uh, the perpetrator seeing any of this, actually got up, got right behind the guy, and started shooting. And when you watch the video, uh, it appears that one or maybe two of the shots might even have been a bit gratuitous at, and unnecessary at the end. Um, and immediately after uh, uh, this was done, the customer uh, decided it was time to leave the taqueria. So there was no the customer being the shooter, being the shooter. Yes, there was no there was no call to the what's the easiest choice you can make window instead of middle seat, picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket, outsourcing business tasks you hate. What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. The police and waiting for the police, uh, he, uh, he decided his... Uh, uh, his work was done, and he was uh, packing up. I don't know if he took his tacos with him or not. That wasn't clear, but uh, but he left. Uh, I do believe uh, uh, they have since the they have since apprehended him. But I'll go back to my last question from Dollar General: Is this a good shoot? Actually, I would say this. Oh, is. I forgot. I forgot one major item. Hmm. The guy who was robbing the store was robbing it with a fake gun. Shame okay, so have a real it's irrelevant. And the reason I say that's irrelevant is that doesn't mean anybody knew it was fake. They have burner guns now that look just like real guns. They're supposed to be painted orange, but <laughs> you can put spray paint on top of anything and make it look like a real gun. So to me, that's irrelevant and beside the point because we don't know this gentleman's mind. I doubt he knew it was a fake gun or he would have just fought him. So obviously he thought it was a real gun. Now I'm going to tell you, um, my personal opinion, I have no problem with what that guy did because you don't know the intention, even though there's a video showing everybody loading their jewelry into this guy's bag and all of that sort of thing. We don't know his intention after that point. What if he would have got everybody's property off of them, then turned around and said no witnesses and just wasted everybody, which is uh, certainly possible because of that. This guy took probably what would have been his only opportunity to uh, kill the perpetrator. Now, where I do have an issue is that he left the scene after. That would have been me. I'd have, I'd have acted like Batman and just basically said, that's right. I just saved everybody, you know? Smoked, yeah, I mean. Smoked yeah. like a pack of cool. Yeah, way, he messed get, with the wrong dude, the wrong podcaster. Yeah, didn't they get all the jewelry and stuff back? That, didn't they give the victims their jewelry and stuff back yeah, before yes. he left? Yeah, okay. He turned all the items. So, a couple of thoughts. That, uh, I mean, absolutely, it seems just stupidity. Now, him shooting the guy evidently multiple times uh and 
in the back, uh, if I'm speaking, uh, mistaken, then correct me. Now, I don't have a a problem with, with the shoe because, like Jim said, he got to turn around and and little kid I had on, they called him juvenile. He wasn't a kid. I had him in an adult prison, but he was getting out on his 21st birthday. Uh, he was in for attempted murder. He Initially, he had done a carjacking, and um, when he got the guy, he didn't carjack, he got the guy to drive him somewhere in New Orleans, and when he got out, he shot him, uh, uh, and the guy lived and was able to identify him. And when he was getting on his 21st birthday, I said, juvenile, what you going to do? He said, different this time? I said, yeah. He said, I'm going to make sure they're dead so they can't testify. So I get what you're saying. The, I mean, this guy could have turned and done that. The, him shooting them multiple times. I'm going to tell you something. Back to what I said earlier about spring of the leak. If I have a 15-round magazine and one in the chamber, I'm going to shoot you all 16 times. And why wouldn't I shoot you 17? Because I didn't have another round. <laughs> all right? If I'm going to shoot bullet once, I'm going to make sure you're dead. Yeah, so and this is uh this is a very important point in this whole situation and how I would essentially justify the good shoot. I was taught, and I know Woody was taught, that if you pull a gun, you better be ready to use it. If I pull ever in life pull a gun on somebody, I have made the decision I am going to shoot you. It is not to scare you off. It is not to make you run away. If I pull it, as as they would say in Tombstone, if I skin that smoke wagon, yeah, you're in a bind because <laughs> I'm about to yank that trigger. Um, I've got to assume that this guy has the same attitude. If he pulls a gun out, I'm not thinking he's just trying to rob me. I'm thinking he's trying to kill me. And so my whole thought process is, the second, if I'm armed, the second you give me the opportunity, I'm going to kill you. And so I don't fault this guy at all for shooting him. I fault him for leaving the scene. That's not right. And I wouldn't have left the scene. And that, that I think, complicates it. I think he could have justified this otherwise. Right. Um, but anytime anybody pulls a gun in my general vicinity, I've got to assume that they're going to kill me. And I totally agree, but... This seems, it just hit me like a, a running theme for us today. It's not what these people did so much as is what they did after the fact. Like yes. the college general clerk going home, locking the store up in this business as usual. This cat doing the same thing. Even the Menendez. The Menendez, brothers, yes. Right? So All they, three of these situations, they made the wrong decision after, after the fact. After the fact. Now, immediately. And guns were involved. Weapons. Oh, it's the six-year-old didn't make the wrong decision after the fact because he got caught, but <laughs> weapons were involved in all of them. Right. What, what do we think happens to this guy? Uh, he ain't gonna get much. Uh, I mean, the he might get he might get a manslaughter. I doubt. Maybe a negligent. Um, he probably is is a good citizen and and you know maybe an ape in acute political emergency because of the video. Give him a couple extra rounds. Something people are gonna be pissed off, but he. What I don't know. Yeah, I think as it's definitely the the textbook case of a, a plea bargain deal. Right. That you know he'll he'll if he does any time, it'll be a few years. Right. It won't be uh, it won't it won't be what you would get like normally for a murder. But he probably could have got off the whole thing if he would have just stayed on the scene. He won't give a lawman in this guy. That's a fact. Is there a is there a specific uh, charge for? You know, once you've put somebody down, if you decide to paint him with a few extras, is that well, no? Because man, my defense on that would be if I was him, he I put him down, but he still had his hand on his weapon and he was still moving. He could have turned over and shot me. Now, if his weapon flew across the room, I'm sorry, <laughs> flew across the room and he didn't have access to, it and you put a couple more in him, then yeah, then then you have specific intent, which could take it up way ahead of time and specific intent isn't much y'all uh like you think it is if a mosquito lands on your arm and you say oh shit that's a mosquito and you go like that then in that split second you had the specific intent to kill him mm-hmm. that would be second degree murder in the state of louisiana if mosquitoes were a protected species <laughs> yeah, i mean yeah <laughs> which, the specific uh, intent which they've lost every time they've, on this every time they've appealed to yeah. get on that list and we don't have mosquitoes lost. by the way we have saber tooth rock breakers you got that right 
saber tooth hawks. Yeah, they're just monsters. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, like Flintstones, saber tooth front breakers. <laughs> I, 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 missed, bad, I, missed, I lost the reference. Yeah. Uh, my wife did jump up it, on the uh, <laughs> on the kitchen counter the first time she saw these, you know, major league, uh, fully trained, uh, well worked out roaches we have here. Oh in, yeah, in the Louisiana, cow, cow cockroaches. We got stories about those. And and one of them. Uh, took off and and flew. Yeah, those are cow cockroaches. Yeah, yeah, that's a new thing. Well, they, flying, they have wings. Flying they fly. cockroaches. Yeah. yeah, we didn't have any of those yeah. where where I came from. Yeah. Oh, I bet you really. Yeah. <laughs> Very interesting. <laughs> the, the flying aspect of it really, really freaked yeah. out. Yeah. Uh, another new segment that uh, uh, to the show is uh, we're going to feature. Uh, hero canines, hero mm-hmm. canine officers. And today's hero canine is Joker from the great state of Tennessee, who was the uh, uh, was partnered with a deputy, Deputy Eduardo Choate. And uh, the story of Joker is quite heroic. You guys are familiar with Joker's exploits? Joker, y'all, was the breed of Malinois, uh, which I ascertained from looking at the photographs. The people commonly get them mistaken with German shepherds, uh, but they're they're bred and and raised in Belgium, and they'll they'll ship them to the United States, and they have to go through extensive training before they even meet their handler, and they're trained in the Malinois breed more is more common now than German shepherds because they they cross train them in narcotics apprehension. Uh, you know, track and whatever it may be. Now, when they get with these trainers, they live with their trainers. They, uh, I've been to the canine competitions where they'll show you a demonstration. If your deputy, you're the canine, your deputy goes down on the ground, and there's a bad guy coming at him, he's going to stop that bad guy. There could be a bad guy coming from another direction. He's going to turn around. He'll go back and forth between two bad guys to protect his deputy. On this night in, in mention, the, uh, a group of, Bad guys, suspect bad guys, stole a bunch of stuff from the apartment complex. They ditched the vehicle, run into the woods. Sometimes later, the deputy finds Joker that he's been shot. I don't know how he didn't hear the gunshot. Finds Joker's been shot in the woods. And, y'all, that's his, like, that, you know, the canines are officers, period. They 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 literally lay down their lives to protect the deputy or, or an officer and they should be treated as an officer of the law. Okay, so when a Marine that was with Choke basically threw Joker on his back, and they hightail it to a veterinarian. Closest one was like 30 minutes away. The dog couldn't walk. It had been shot. Uh, it was being fed through a feeding tube, all these sorts of issues. They kept the dog, Joker, sedated uh, because there was so much pain involved in this situation with a shooting of a, of a canine. Now – Historically, when an individual assaults a canine, it's not it's not uh it's not necessarily looked at as the same as shooting a police officer or human being. And look, people can debate both sides of that. Some people will say a dog is not a human and they're different. Um let me tell you, I love my dog. I look at my dog as a human. Um and officers especially, sometimes these canines uh, will keep you from a situation where you lose your life. Absolutely. That's what they're used for. And so they came up with a law, essentially, that that uh, strengthened the offense that, or actually strengthened the punishability of an individual who assaults or kills a canine and – 30 years behind bars is what you're going to get now for that offense. That's in the state of Tennessee. In the state of Tennessee, yes. Louisiana already had a law. Yes. The canines are police officers. Yeah, so uh, Joker was the recipient of that, and they actually call that Joker's Law. That's law. And uh, the good thing with Joker, if you're curious, uh, made it through and survived and is still working in Tennessee for the Bradley County uh, sheriff's office and still chasing crooks. Shout out to Joker, right? Good Shout out to Joker. Great Same name for a canine, right, by the way. But, but to touch on just real quick what you said and what, what I'm going into my, my many stories I have, um, y'all, the canines 
are essential, whether it's especially searching a house or tracking. That's why the Malinois breed is, is so much more, uh, so while the Malinois breed is so much better in, for law enforcement purposes, cause they're multi trash. I don't know. Uh, train where German shepherds used to be just mainly apprehension dogs, whatever Malinois get to, they do it all. They train them to do it all. Um, I can't tell you how many times I've, had an open door late at night on, on a building and we send in the canine first. If we had a canine available, right? So the canine will go in and literally clear the building. And if there's a bad guy in there, they engage them, right? The, what If I had gone there by myself, that bad guy could have shot me. But I can also tell you about the time guy pulled him over on a traffic stop and he gets out and he's looking back in his car like he's going to reach for a, a firearm and he runs in this rural area, hits, he jumps the fence, and he runs. I go up to the car, and I see the pistol on the thing. Well, the rule is one plus one. If they have one weapon, they'll have another. So I called the K-9 in, and, you know, the guy outran me for a little ways, but I stopped and called the K-9 in. The K-9 got a Harry. Shout out to Harry. Got his first apprehension that night. And the bad part of that story is the guy that outran me only had one and a half feet. At a club, <laughs> you, you could have that shit out. But <laughs> it's true. Seriously, yes, my hand is seriously. But no, the shout out to Joker. Um, too many stories to tell you about canines, but they literally at one time I did give one mouth to mouth, and I cried because he died. Uh, uh, and that's a story for another day. Mm. How dare you call your ex girlfriend a canine? All right. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Congrats, Joker, and uh, I can't believe they put him back to work. Um, hey, I, I, to the, me, he should, be, he should be on disability yeah. uh, <laughs> on, a, on a beach in Florida yeah. right now. But he, that's Joker, why I'd have you, Joker. Joker that's right. wants to work. That's how they train them. They think it's a, a game where they're, they're apprehending someone or, or finding narcotics. They give them their toy. And as soon as they, he didn't know done. disability was an option. That's right. That. Joker, we'll get you a better plan. We all want to thank everybody for for listening We've only released a couple of episodes. We plan on bringing this to you three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday drops. Please comment, like, subscribe, share, do all that stuff y'all do with all those other podcasts that we produce and put out there. And until next time, I'm Jim Chapman. I'm Woody Overton. And I'm Mike Agavino. For Real Life, Real Crime Daily. Peace. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.